From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. This is the WIA National News Service and this broadcast for week commencing April 17. World Amateur Radio Day. Hashtag Ward, W-A-R-D. This is observed every April 18 marks the founding of the International Amateur Radio Union, the IARU, in 1925. As we do every year, radio amateurs worldwide take to the airwaves to celebrate amateur radio's contribution to society. April 18 is the day for all of amateur radio to celebrate and tell the world about the science we can help teach, the community service we can provide, and the fun we have. We hope you'll join in the fun and education that is World Amateur Radio Day, Tomorrow, the 18th of April. From the 25 countries that formed the IARU in 25, the IARU has grown to include 160 member societies in three regions. IARU Region 1 includes Europe, Africa, the Middle East and Northern Asia. Region 2 covers the Americas. And Region 3, ours, comprises Australia, New Zealand, the Pacific Island nations and most of Asia. Today, amateur radio is more popular than ever with over 3 million licensed operators. How about you become our 3 millionth and one ham? To get going, download the WIA app. In fact, it's the WIA Res Foundation License app. Training for the popular foundation license in Australia is now available as an app for iOS and Android smartphones and tablets, downloadable from iTunes or Google Play. The app developed by the Radio and Electronics School with support of the WIA, fills an unmet need in this niche market. The app goes through the Foundation License syllabus step-by-step with 17 tutorials and for the practical assessment, there are 20 tutorials. Amateur radio in Australia will be both familiar and different in the future under the new Radio Communications Licensing Scheme being initiated with the new Radio Communications Act to be considered by the Federal Parliament later this year. Here is our President, Phil Waite. On Tuesday the 12th of April, the WIA met with four senior executives of the ACMA to scope the new licence conditions for amateur radio and to discuss a variety of issues being progressed over the last year. Three WIA board members attended... Myself as President, Vice President Fred Swainston, VK3DAC, and Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. The WIA's Regulatory Council, Peter Young, VK3MV, also attended. There was a very full agenda which included 10 specific items for discussion. All agenda topics were completed within the three hours allotted. The ACMA advised that the exposure draft of the new Radio Communications Bill will be published by the government around June and input from the public will be sought. Ahead of the meeting, the WIA provided the ACMA with a very comprehensive 22-page submission on future amateur licence conditions. Listeners can download that submission from the WIA website. It's fair to say that the ACMA was impressed by the scope and vision for the future of amateur licensing set out in the WIA's submission and indicated that there were few, if any, real impediments to achieving much of what the WIA included in the submission. However, there will be a lot of work to do, some of which will involve advice 
from the ACMA's engineering branch. In addition to seeking improved license conditions and requesting early access to the 5.3 meg band allocated to amateurs at the recent WARC conference, the WIA outlined its proposals to the ACMA for extending frequency access in existing bands, such as 1.8 and 3.5 megs, and seeking additional bands at 70 megs and 920 megs, and acquiring primary status for the 50 to 52 megameter band, as well as securing better access to UHF and microwave bands in the face of threats from spectrum demands from mobile broadband and the NBN. Various ways of sharing spectrum will be a feature of the new Radio Communications Act, but seeing exactly how such arrangements will work, we'll have to wait. The ACMA indicated that public consultation on the review of the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan will occur around the third quarter of 2016. During that time, the WIA's proposals concerning frequency access will be able to be considered in detail. So, we have begun the journey towards a new, less restrictive regime of licence conditions that will enable amateurs to explore, experiment and learn about every and any facet of radio communications. They can adopt, adapt and innovate with new and emerging radio technologies. In other items discussed, the meeting agreed that the revised and updated deed and business rules for services performed by the WIA for the ACMA can now be finalised. And they've been under development and discussion between the WIA and the ACMA for over a year. Other agenda items discussed included the WIA's approach to amateur radio's participation in STEM, science, technology, engineering and maths education. Licence renewal issues, some of which have been resolved and others are still a work in progress. Interference and RF pollution issues, particularly from NBN installations and BPL PLT standards. Overseas operator qualifications. Reciprocal licensing arrangements. Repeater and beacon licence application delays were also discussed and issues affecting them will continue to be addressed with the aim of reducing those delays. The ACMA and the WIA agreed it was a very productive meeting. The ACMA suggested that we meet again around August-September when more will be known about the things to come with the new Radio Communications Act and the Australian Radio Spectrum Plan update. So it's going to be back to the drawing board now for another submission that's due at the end of this month and we'll be meeting the ACMA again in August-September later this year to progress those issues. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD, President of the WIA. Well, the votes have been cast and we have a team. WIA Annual Election 2016. The voting for the election of three directors for a two-year period was conducted during the month of March. 1,199 eligible reply-paid envelopes were received by the closing of the postal ballot. The returning officer, assisted by two scrutineers, Bob Duckworth, VK3AIC, and Bob Tate, VK3XP, counted the ballot votes. The results of the election, says Jeff Atkinson, VK3AFA, WIA returning officer, Paul Simmons, VK5PAS, Andrew Smith, VK6AS, and Phil Waite, VK2ASD, to be elected for a two-year term as directors of the WIA, commencing after the AGM in May 2016. Thank you to all who voted in this election, a notable increase of about one-third over last year. 
And thank you to the candidates for making yourselves available to serve the WIA membership and the Australian amateur radio community. The new Foundation Manual is available. The popular Your Entry into Amateur Radio, the Foundation Licence Manual, is now in its third edition, having debuted 10 years ago with the introduction of the entry-level licence. The third edition contains revised text, more images, the latest first aid resuscitation chart and a copy of the band plans that were released by the WIA at the end of 2015. The manual is attractively presented and contains all the information needed to qualify for the Foundation Licence. It includes the Foundation Licence Syllabus and other extracts reproduced with permission of the Australian Communications and Media Authority. The WIA urges action to be taken against all in-home power line telecommunications or PLT devices that do not comply with the CISPR 22, the International Special Committee on Radio Interference Standard. As we heard with President Phil, the ACMA is reviewing the regulation for PLT devices that send radio frequency signals over power lines to enable broadband access, including the internet. The WIA wants a warning notice on all PLT devices that states such devices may be responsible for radio interference that needed remedial action, including removing the device from use. You can read all about it in detail on both this week's text edition of this newscast and on WIA front page news, wia.org.au. Hams across Australia, Moorabbin District Radio Club Hamfest 2016, Saturday the 7th of May at 10am, Southern Community Centre, Rupert Drive, Mulgrave, with major door prizes, free tea and coffee, light refreshments and a sausage sizzle on offer. And ICOM will be showcasing their new IC7300. Graham Lewis, VK3GL, says it's Victoria's biggest ham fest for everybody interested in radio communication and electronics. But for some reason this year, current bookings for tables are down on the usual. So Moorabbin is looking to fill the vacancies ASAP. And I'm going to give you a telephone number. Trader table bookings and general inquiries can be made by telephoning 0418-171-601. During the Sunday morning's broadcast, the portable operation show and tell event is underway at the Brisbane Rangers National Park west of Melbourne. Some dozens have gathered for the now annual event with a group of presenters showing what can be done with portable amateur radio and the event is followed by a free sausage sizzle. Listen for VK3WI that will be there operating portable. An example of just how well portable operation has grown is the latest Keith Roger Memorial National Park certificate being given for working all 45 national parks in Victoria to Nick Locke, VK3ANL, who began his quest by contacting VK3JHRA in the Grampians National Park, April 2013, finished off this April 2016 by working Peter VK3PF at the Snowy River National Park. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Many hands make satellites work. IARU announces its new satellite advisor. The International Amateur Radio Union has appointed Hans Blondiel Timmerman, Papa Bravo 2 Tango, as the new IARU satellite advisor. The position represents the IARU to the satellite community and performs satellite frequency coordination. 
In addition, it has responsibility for maintaining correspondence, reporting to the IARU Administrative Council and, if requested, provide technical and operational advice. The Satellite Advisor is assisted by a panel of volunteer Satellite Advisory members. Hans Blondiel Timmerman, Papa Bravo 2 Tango, was first licensed in 1980, carrying out many roles, including being the IARU Region 1 President from 2008 to 2014. He replaces Hans van der Gronendal, Zulu Sierra 6 Alpha Kilo Victor, who has served as IARU Satellite Advisor since 1994. During his time, he established many of the procedures used for amateur satellite frequency coordination today, and the IARU extends its gratitude for the excellent work. He will remain as Special Advisor to the Satellite Committee. Sisters called to the White House... GeekWire reports the Seattle sisters who sent a balloon to the edge of space are heading to the White House. Last September 2015, Rebecca 10 and Kimberly 8 went out to Moses Lake with their parents to launch a spacecraft they designed and built. We built a spacecraft that was attached to a weather balloon and parachute, Rebecca explains. We launched it in central Washington. We took it to the edge of space, 78,000 feet up, and we called it Lockie Lego Launcher 1, or L-Cubed 1, because Lockie was our cat, and Lego because every time we launch, we want to send up a different Lego minifigure. Their father, Winston Young, Kilo India 7 Charlie Sierra Kilo, helps with the RF. Their ingenuity caught the attention of the Obama administration, and the girls were invited to participate in the President's last White House Science Fair on Wednesday, April 13. Amanda Stone, White House Senior Program Manager in the Office of Digital Strategy, says the sisters hope to launch the APRS-equipped spacecraft again during their spring break, but the voyage has been postponed until after their trip to D.C. Beijing targets free radio stations. It has been reported in February that officials in Beijing initiated a six-month nationwide crackdown on free radio broadcasters. Apparently, so far over 400 stations have been shut down across the country. Officials say these broadcasts are taking place in all areas administered by the government in Beijing, with the exception of Tibet. Authorities estimate it can cost around 10,000 Australian dollars a month to set up and maintain the transmitters, which are normally based in residential areas. Some of the larger operations are reportedly able to make millions of dollars in profits through the sale of their on-air time. Perhaps this is an indication of the popularity of the stations. A ham radio user caught what appears to be a UFO report near Utah while monitoring communications between commercial airliners and the control tower. UFO researchers were able to get a copy of the transmission from the Federal Aviation Administration, FAA, in response to a Freedom of Information Act request. Pat Daniels, a paranormal radio host and ham radio hobbyist, heard exactly what he was looking for, a UFO report. According to the website UFOs Northwest, Daniels claims the pilot reported seeing an extremely large bright object that he estimated a mile wide to his right. The air traffic controller told him that he was looking in the direction of Nephi, Utah. Apparently the air traffic controller told the pilot that the object was not detected on radar. The object appeared to keep pace with the aircraft. Researchers are now asking that anyone on American Airlines Flight 434 contact them. The flight left San Francisco at 10.08pm PST on Wednesday, January 13, 2016 
and arrived at Philadelphia at 5.35am EST on January 14, 2016. For WIA International News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ 2016. Harry Angel, 80 metre sprint, WIA, Saturday 7th of May. 10-10 International Summer Contest, August 6 and 7. Remembrance Arati Contest, August 13 14. 36 Alara Contest is on the last full weekend in August, August 27-28. Air Alternative AX Prefix available on Anzac Day. Don't forget for Anzac Day, Monday, April 25, all VK radio amateurs may use the Alternative AX call sign prefix. The WA recommends that those using the AX prefix issue a special QSL card, particularly for prefix and card chases. With news of a great Anzac Day event, we are joined in the studio by Julie, VK3FOWL, and Joe, VK3YSP. The School Amateur Radio Club Network and the Melbourne Region Scouts will be joining forces to present an Anzac Day Amateur Radio Special Event at the First Bentley Scout Hall, 21 Patterson Row, Bentley, Victoria, on Monday the 25th of April from 9am to 4pm. This family event is for schools, scouts and aspiring young amateur radio enthusiasts. It includes an Anzac Day ceremony, high-altitude balloon launch and tracking, barbecue lunch and drinks, school amateur radio club displays and demonstrations, scout proficiency badge activities, amateur satellite, shortwave, line-of-sight and weak signal communications, hidden transmitter hunts, first aid CPR demonstrations and a joint search and rescue mission. For more information and to register for this event, please visit www.sarknet.org 73 from Julie, VK3FOWL and Joe, VK3YSP Good morning, this is Dennis Johnston, VK4AE Contest Manager for the John Moyle Memorial Field Day Logs are still being submitted for the John Moyle Field Day, but with some 45 logs fewer than at this point in the contest last year. The direct email address, as suggested on the WIA John Moyle website, has continued to receive logs, and it is recommended that you use this address. A few logs have been resubmitted after failing to arrive previously. It is strongly recommended that if you sent your log to JMFD, 2016 at wia.org.au you should confirm that it has been received by checking on the log received list on the John Moyle webpage. If your call sign is not on that list then your log has not been received. All logs as they are received call sign is quickly added to this site. One log has been received which is just an image of the log and the data cannot be read electronically hence unusable. Remember that while a picture may be worth a thousand words to you or I, it contains no more log details than a photograph of a flower and hence is useless to a computer and the log will be rejected. It is timely to remind everyone that time has run away and there are only a few days left to submit your log. Don't forget, entries close at midnight, 19th of April 2016. 
Following this, all of the logs will be processed and the results prepared and will be made available as soon as possible after that date. So check if your log is on the list, then resubmit it if it's not. And if you haven't yet submitted your log, then it might be a very good idea to submit it now and then check to make sure it has been received. Thanks for listening. International Marconi Day is being held next weekend and Haddock will be running VK2IMD, the only awards station in Oceania. It will run from 10am Sydney time on Saturday the 23rd until the same time on Sunday morning. The link to Marconi is that while Australian Prime Minister Billy Hughes was visiting Britain in the last months of World War I, he sent the first official direct radio message from Britain to Australia via Marconi Station in Warnfor near Carnarvon in northwest Wales. This was received by Ernest Fisk at Warunga. Listen out for VK2 IMD on various HF bands. For WIA National News, this is Julian, VK2YJS and AG6LE. We continue down the bands and listen for Ben, 8Q7NT from Embudu Island, South Mylatal, through to this weekend, April 17. And Ben is 40 to 10 metres using CW with some routine and PSK. Send QSLs via his home call sign DL1RNT. Mike, SQ3 PMM is active as 9X9MM throughout Rwanda, working 80 through 10 metres. He is using CW and SSB. Most of his operations have been on 20 and 50 metres SSB and some slow CW. See his QSL information on QRZ.com. A team of operators will be on the air as EP2A from Gilan Province in Iran between the 16th and the 25th of April. They will be using 160-6 metre bands, except 60 metres, using CWSSB and RIDI. They will have four stations on the air, QSL via YL2GM, either direct or via the Bureau. Brian, GW4DVB will be active as J88PI from Palm Island in St Vincent and the Grenadines, NA025, from the 12th to the 22nd of April. 60-40 metre bands, SSB only. QSL, CQRZ.com. REST has CNET and its convention. The Radio Amateur Society of Thailand, REST, has begun as net control for the CNET on-air gathering of radio amateurs in Southeast Asia every Monday and Friday at 1200 hours UTC on 14.320 MHz. REST Vice President Tony Waltham, HS0ZDX, the net control operator, begins by calling for check-ins from countries in Southeast Asia followed by elsewhere in Asia and the Pacific, then in Africa, the Middle East, Europe and North, Central and South America. The net has been revived ahead of the RAST hosting the 2016 CNET convention in Pattaya, a popular beach resort on the Gulf of Thailand, from November 18 to 21. To register to attend the 44th CNET commission, see the information at the website www.cnet2016.com. CNET, which began in late 1963, is a guide to propagation and a meeting point before QSYing away from the net frequency for a QSO. The first CNET convention was held in Penang in 1971. Its origins are that radio amateurs in the region met on air November 29, 1963 to promote international understanding and fellowship and to relay emergency, medical, urgent or priority traffic. For VK1 WIA National News... I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham.
From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR with Worldwide Special Interest Groups this week starting at ATV. Transmitting DATV with just a Raspberry Pi. Everest Kujard F5OEO has created RPDATV, which is capable of allowing the Raspberry Pi to transmit DVBS digital amateur TV. The software enables a Raspberry Pi computer board to transmit a DATV signal in DVBS format and can be decoded with an RTL-SDR by using the Lean DVB software, which is bundled together with the RPDATV software. The software is capable of generating a symbol rate from 64K to 1 meg. A 250K symbol transmission would only need 300 kilohertz of bandwidth. At the moment, video latency is about 1 to 2 seconds and is still being improved. Now to females in radio, Alara, the Australian Ladies AR Association. Tina Clogg, VK5TMC, reminds Alara members that you are close to the end of the current committee's term and the AGM is near. Because of unforeseen circumstances, the committee has moved the AGM to 16 of May instead of the usual first Monday of May. Please put this date in your diary so they achieve a quorum for the AGM. If Alara fail to get a quorum... There are only two additional Mondays in the month to reconvene. Their constitution and Victorian corporate rules require they have the AGM within five months of the end of the financial year, which is December 31st. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. AMSAT KEPS redistribution approved for 2016-2017. AMSAT's request to redistribute US Air Force Space Command Caplarian elements from Spacetrack has been approved for the period April 1, 2016 to April 1, 2017. Ray WA5QGD says they're good to go for another year. And the first ever satellite to carry a D-Star Digital Smart Technologies for Amateur Radio, Amateur Radio Payload, into space is expected to launch April 22nd from Guyana. The OUFTI-1, Orbital Utility for Telecommunication Innovation, CubeSat is developed by student teams under the European Space Agency Education Office Fly Your Satellite program, which is aimed at training the next generation of aerospace professionals. Again, the Soyuz launch vehicle is good for go April 22. Constructed by students at the University of Liège in Belgium, UFTI-1 will be the first satellite to carry an amateur radio D-Star transponder. Developed by the Japanese Amateur Radio League, D-Star enables a simultaneous transmission of voice and digital data, as well as callsign-based roaming via the internet. The CubeSat's frequencies are 145.950 MHz, with an uplink at 435.045 MHz, and UFTI-1 will carry a CW beacon transmitting on 145.980 MHz. CBC News in the United States have carried a lengthy story on ARIS. Students in Cambridge Bay have made a very long-distance call when students connected with the International Space Station. Students got 15 minutes to talk with American astronaut Jeff Williams, Canada's first air helped fly in representatives from amateur radio on the International Space Station Group to set up the contact. 
Aris representative Steve McFarlane says part of the challenge is getting across how rare the opportunity is and how much work goes into making a brief radio contact with an astronaut in space possible. That means convincing students that this is really happening, you're talking to somebody that's not on this planet, you've got to set that up for the students, especially the younger ones, he says. And then once his voice starts crackling through the radio, initially the connection's not so good and it improves and then it disintegrates as the space station swivels away. Leading up to the contact, the group did a presentation on science and engineering, including an appearance by a humanoid robot who McFarlane said is very popular. He gets up and he talks to the students and they love him. Good to see new twists keeping old hat radio calls to space alive. Now to worldwide special interest groups, IOTA and OC183. Bullinger Island lies north off Fremantle, off the coast of Western Australia, and covers an area of just 35 hectares. The nearest settlement is the mainland town of Durian Bay. To its north, a speck of just three hectares is an island named Favourite. Pavel VK6NAX and Sergei VK6FSAG will be portable from both Bullinger and Favourite Islands in this part of the Indian Ocean close to the VK6 mainland from April 15th to 18th on 40, 20, 15 metres CW and 40 and 15 metres SSB. We don't have their QSL info, so I just suggest if you work them, just ask them. AS202, this is a new IOTA. And in just a couple of weeks, the A91HID expedition team will assemble in Bahrain to prepare for their departure to Hawaii Island AS202. All equipment has been shipped and has already arrived safely in Bahrain. Everything's good to go with all the necessary clearances, permits and licenses now in hand. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's politics. If you're like us at the news desk, we were not aware an interest group in politics was with us yet... Local hams, particularly in southeast VK4, now maybe have a pipeline to the big wigs themselves. It seems VK4 FPGT is just a little more than a call sign. VK4 FPGT is the new Ipswich Deputy Mayor Paul Tully. He is the youngest councillor ever elected to the Ipswich City Council and is the longest serving councillor in Queensland, having served 37 years and won 12 consecutive elections. Tully is believed set to become the longest-serving politician in Australia after the retirement of Philip Ruddock from Federal Parliament later this year. As a licensed Australia Amateur Ham radio operator, VK4FPGT often talks around the world with other licensed amateurs. So uh, now, Paul, how high can I get my new tower? Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio Wyson is supporting a number of events. These are fairly short and ideal for new members. The event, The Bay Run at Dremoyne in Sydney, is May 1. Albury-Wodonga's event, with the 10km run option crossing from Wodonga onto Gateway Island to Albury and back, is May 22. The Hunter event will be May 29th. True Grit, a running and obstacle course event, will be on June 11 and 12 in Lower Portland. And Navshield held at the yet-to-be-undisclosed location within a few hours' drive of Sydney, will be on the 1st to 3rd of July. Weissen ACT is part of the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club, and events include the BMSC National Capital Rally over the weekend of May 28 and 29. The Sapphire Coast Sporting Car Club Bega Rally is on June 11 and 12. Weissen Victoria is supporting the Australian four-day enduro, a motorcycle event from May 11 around Mansfield. The Kendra Rally Sunday, May 15. The Mallee Rally 
is on the weekend of 11 and 12 of June at Sea Lake, some distance south of Euston and Robinvale. And finally, Weissen Weather Watch. Cyclone season is about and northern hams need to be in the know about curly wind movements to be ready for activation. VK4ers check regularly the Australian Bureau of Meteorology website, bomb.gov.au slash cyclone. And that's all I have. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. On the downhill run, the social scene, 2016, April 17 in VK6, Hargfest, April 30 in VK6, Perth Tech, April 29 to May 2 in VK4, Clareview Gathering. Check the Mackay Amateur Radio Society's website. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.